0: I was at a woman's house, an older woman, uh, who was describing her faith. She had a pretty devout faith, uh, but she had some sons who, who weren't so devout. They didn't go to church, didn't practice. One of her sons was there, and he, he stated that himself. Uh, and when he said, well, I don't practice really, she immediately broke in and she said, uh, but he's saved. She looked at me and said, he's saved. She's like, all my sons are saved. They don't go to church or anything. They don't really practice, but they're saved. This is something, uh, a doctrine that's known as once saved, always saved. Lots of people uh, believe, believe this doctrine. It's, it's pretty common. Uh, it goes back, it's probably about 500 years old. It goes back to John Calvin, the 1500s, one of the Protestant reformers. Uh, and he taught that uh, if a person's a true Christian, then no matter what that person does, uh, that person is saved. So if the person turns away, and it proves that the person wasn't really a true, a true Christian, but most likely that person will simply come back to the faith. Uh, so once saved, always saved. You can read about this in the, West, the, West, the Westminster uh, Confession, which basically states that once your sins have been forgiven in the past, they're taken care of uh, in the future uh, and in the present, meaning like all your sins for your whole life, Past, present, future are taken care of all at once. That's what the Westminster Confession says. Uh, Luther, Martin Luther, the other Protestant reformer, uh, he taught something very similar. He said that there are no sins that can separate you from God. Uh, so once saved, always saved. That's what this doctrine is known as. Today... In our gospel from Luke 17, the Lord is telling a parable that brings this uh, particular teaching, once saved, always saved, into question. So the parable, it kind of begins with the disciples. They're asking the Lord, they say, increase our faith. And what he says to them, he says, listen, boys, you know, it doesn't really worry. It doesn't really matter how much faith that you have. Uh, In fact, if you only have a tiny little bit of faith, like the size of a mustard seed, that's plenty. God can do amazing things with that. It's not how much faith that you have, or how you've been saved. It's what you do with that faith, how you exercise it throughout your life. And then he went on to tell this story to try to illustrate this of a servant who's out in the field doing hard work, tending the sheep, or plowing. Uh, I rented a rototiller from Home Depot once and it like did a number to me. I mean you're like, you're like plowing into, into, into dirt, and uh, it's, it's hard work, right? So this servant was out there uh, working all day, long, according to our Lord, and he comes in, uh, and what happens next? Does the master say, "Oh, you're good. Thanks so much for all that you've done, working hard, sweating." out in the field, now I'm going to take care of you. You know, sit down, I'm going to serve you. No, that's not what our Lord says. Uh, He says something uh, very different. He says, no, Uh, the master will say to the servant, I'd like for you to get me dinner. And then after you serve me, then you could sit down and eat. And then the Lord, of course, closes the parable by saying that this is how we should view ourselves. We should see ourselves as unworthy servants. So what does this mean when it comes to this doctrine of once saved, always saved? You know, as far as you know, you've done your stuff out in the field, you've come in, are you done at that point? You've checked all the boxes, you've been baptized, you know, you've said the sinner's prayer, asked the Lord into your heart, are you done now? Can you simply sit down and no, uh, watch TV and, 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 and don't worry about anything else. Is your salvation taken care of? Is there nothing else that needs to be done? A Lord would say no. You must continue working, continue giving of yourself until the end as an unworthy servant. Uh, there are those that tend to think of salvation, that little kernel of faith that you get, uh, as simply something that takes place in the past. I've been saved. I've taken care of that. Check the boxes. I'm done. But what Scripture, uh, the view that Scripture has, is it's not something that just happens in the past. It's something that happens in the present. And it's something that will happen in the future. It's not done and over with. There's still more to do. So an example of the past is Ephesians 2, for by grace you've been saved through faith. This happened in the past. All right, so that's an example of past salvation. A present example, Philippians 2.12, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, meaning work on your salvation right now as you're living, continuing to do the work that the Lord has called you to do. And then a future example would be from like Romans 13. Paul says, our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. He's saying it's not here yet. We haven't been completely saved. It's still to come. It's nearer but it's not here yet, an example of future. So we see in the teaching of of the scripture, the church, that it's not something that's done and over with, but there's still work to do. It's still going on. You can't be fully, absolutely certain of your salvation. You can be... Uh, have a firm hope and trust in the Lord, but according to what the church teaches, you cannot have an absolute certainty. Uh, the Council of Trent, this is the gathering of the church fathers, the bishops of the church, who gathered together back in the 1500s to respond to this some of these new doctrines that were being propounded, such as once saved, always saved. And they responded to by clarifying the teaching of the church, what has been taught since Christ gave the fullness of the faith to uh, the first bishops of the church, the 12 apostles. And they said this, this is the teaching of the church. Let no one hereon promise himself anything as certain with an absolute certainty. Let those who think themselves to stand take heed lest they fall. If you feel fully secure, I'm good, I am not worry about anything. Watch out. That's pride. And the devil can easily take you down if you're in that state. If you put yourself in that first place, you'll soon be taken to the last. It's much better to put yourself in that last place, that place of humility, of needing the Lord, of needing his help to be able to fulfill all that he's asked you to do. Uh, Our Lord talked about the importance of uh, not being just saved in the past, but remaining in him, following his commandments. That's how we remain in his love, he said in John chapter 15. If we don't follow the commandments, if we break some of these commandments, this is, uh, especially if you do it knowingly, it's something that's very serious, you do it deliberately. This is what's called mortal sin. And our Lord says that uh, if you don't remain in him, you'll be cast forth as a branch that withers and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. And we hear about that also in like 1 John 5, which talks about um, certain sins, these very serious sins, breaking different uh, commandments deliberately, knowingly that are mortal. They cause uh, eternal separation. If repentance, sorrow, turning back to the Lord doesn't happen. This is what our Lord is pointing to in this parable. It's not so much your salvation, your faith, your initial faith. You've got enough of that, and that'll probably grow, as God works on that. But it's how you live out that faith. Uh, Once saved, always saved, not particularly. But work to live out that salvation, complete the task, complete all that which the Lord has given to you until the end. Hold fast, prepare the dinner for the master, like our Lord said in the parable. Uh, Serve to the end. The Council of Trent says, with fear and trembling, work out your salvation in labors, in watchings, in giving to the poor, in prayer, in offerings, in fastings, in chastity. This is what the church calls the doctrine of final perseverance, persevering to the end. Jesus said, "Who he who endures to the end will be saved. Matthew 7, he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Meaning there's lots of people that think that they're saved who aren't. He says, but only he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Persevering to the end. Uh, serving to the end as an unworthy servant. The problem is, this is really hard. How do you do this? Because we fail and we mess up and we make mistakes. You know, we tend to be like, you know, the servant that wants to come in from the field and simply sit down, plop on the chair and rest and uh, laze around. Uh, Without God's help, we are not able to persevere to the end. Uh, we need, this is why we say we're unworthy servants because, uh, we can't in and of ourselves by good works or by own desires or efforts persevere to the end. We owe everything, even our, even the work that we do to God. You know, we're kind of like that, that child that, you know, the father gives him some money, sends him in the store to buy himself, the father, a gift for Father's Day. Uh, Everything that we have, we owe back to God. He can, never be, we, he can never be in debt to us. We're always in debt to him. We're always unworthy servants. We can't even make it to the end. We can't persevere to the end without his help. St. Francis de Sales, the gentle doctor, he says, But in any case, perseverance is the most desirable gift we can hope for in this life, and the one which the Council of Trent says, We cannot have, but from the hand of God. You can't do this on your own. Wherefore, we must incessantly demand it, making use of the means which our Savior has taught us to the obtaining of it. Prayer, fasting, almsgiving, uh, frequenting the sacraments, intercourse with the good, the hearing and the reading of holy words. Without the Lord's help, we can't make it to the end. We can't serve fully. St. Thomas Aquinas says that You must pray daily. Ask the Lord for help daily. If you don't, you will not make it. St. Ephesus doctor of the church, all those who are in heaven are there for this one reason. They prayed. They asked for perseverance. All those who are in hell are there for this one reason. They did not pray. And they did not ask the Lord for the grace of final perseverance. So even after a long day serving the field of giving the Lord what it seems like is all that you have, you and I, we still haven't given enough. We still owe the Lord. And by ourselves, we can't give him. Uh, we can't pay back the debt that we owe to him. We can't make it to the end. We are on worthy servants. We can only make it with his help, with uh, these prayers for the gift of perseverance. So what did our Lord mean by this parable? Uh, what does, how does this relate to this doctrine of once saved, always saved? Can you check the boxes? I've done that. I'm good to go. no. Our Lord says, serve to the end as an unworthy servant, realizing that even the small amount you'll give is not enough and that we must rely fully on the Lord for all that he gives us, praying and asking for his help as unworthy servants who are seeking with his help to persevere, to serve until the end. Amen.